Several years ago, the Department of Health and Human Services, Office of the Inspector General, released a nationwide report citing questionable Medicare billing practices by ambulance suppliers nationwide. We'll revisit this matter today on the QMC Board and Caller. We're glad you're here. Welcome to the QMC Board and Caller, news and thought-provoking discussions for today's emergency medical service provider. The Board and Collar podcast series is brought to you by QuickMed Claims, a national leader in emergency medical transportation revenue cycle management and reimbursement consulting. Now, your host for today's podcast, QMC's Director of Client Services, Gary Harvat. When the report was published, it noted that one in five ambulance providers had engaged in questionable billing practices. In short, the bad apples were ruining it for the whole bunch. As a result, they were causing the overseers to paint us all in a bad light until we prove otherwise. This proved to be a disservice to all of us in emergency medical services and something we must be very vigilant about even today. The OIG cited these practices in their report. One, billing for a transport without a Medicare service being provided at the origin. Billing for excessive mileage for an urban transport. Three, billing for a high number of transports per patient. Four, billing using compromised Medicare ID number. Billing for an inappropriate or unlikely transport level of service. Six, billing for a patient that is being shared among multiple ambulance suppliers. Seven, billing for Medicare transports to from partial hospitalization programs. What angers those of us who play by the rules are the EMS agencies who blatantly disregard remaining in compliance with the regulations. I recently heard a third party of a rather large ambulance player whose administration outright instructed their billing office staff to pick a diagnosis code that fits to get the trip paid because they, meaning the CMS and OIG, will never know the difference. Then we wonder why we are under the OIG's microscope. This attitude is inexcusable. To their credit, Reputable members of that EMS agency's billing staff bolder for the door, and we understand that the EMS agency is now being audited. Folks, fraud and abuse never pays. Currently, my organization demands that all EMS agencies we serve require their providers and office staff to represent each and every EMS incident truthfully and accurately. This is why I promote that each patient care report submitted for billing contains clear clinical documentation along with a precise, detailed written explanation of the entire scenario as it unfolded in the field, be it non-emergency or emergency. The OIG report cited they found attempts to upcode trips during the review of a sampling of ambulance claims submitted to Medicare. For example, suspect EMS agencies attempted to bill Medicare for emergency transport where the destination was something other than a hospital. Specialty care transports were being billed where the final destination of the patient was a dialysis facility or private residence. Of course, once again, the report called out dialysis transports, which are highly suspect and causing so many problems across the nation, even today. At some point, select ambulance suppliers in certain metropolitan areas learned that they would make a quick buck providing ambulance service to end-stage renal disease patients who can literally walk from the ambulance to the treatment location. 
Plus, the study also focused on ambulance transports billed and paid by Medicare when patients ultimately received no Medicare service at the patient's place of origin or destination facility. Remember, folks, Medicare covers transport to and from service when the patient cannot be transported by any other means. So the supposition is, if they needed no services at point A or point B, then why the transport in the first place? Not to mention, why bill Medicare? The report clearly notes that there was a factor of excessive mileage billing, especially in some urban areas where there are many hospitals in close proximity to patient locations. Obviously, this finding indicates that unscrupulous ambulance suppliers were billing for additional miles that were not traveled when transporting patients, or the report cited their suspicion that ambulance suppliers actually transported patients to more distant facilities than the nearest appropriate facility in order to collect additional mileage payments. While this is an unthinkable practice for most of us, we can see how this can potentially be a fairly easy means for an EMS supplier to make more money, but in an inappropriate manner. All of this means we must follow the rules. Everyone in EMS suffers when some of us don't play by the rules. Plus, thanks to those fools, we can now expect even more scrutiny by the watchdogs. But then again, if you're playing by the rules, you have nothing to fear. In the end, folks, I beg you all to be compliant. We surmise that 99.9% of our listeners have no issue, but it is all of our responsibility to remain diligent to document our runs honestly and accurately. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you found this information helpful and informative. I wish each of you a great day, and hey, be safe out there.